but nothing ever stays the Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to... Again, again. Again, again, to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and with me is the one bad day that's lasted for 20 years. <laughs> it's Bear. Oh, and always the, the deep sigh right before that happens. I, it, I, I kind of wait for that. It, it brings me a little bit of joy. <sighs> and with us, as usual, our lovely, our talented, the Harley Quinn that will be back. <laughs> it's Jennifer. You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And it's my pleasure to introduce our guest this season, as it was last season. And today, we are fortunate to have Casey Mulder. Thank you, Casey, for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Yay! Our, okay, so full disclosure, we recorded like 45 minutes with Casey and then realized... We actually we, did not record. Okay. We did not record any, anything We talked Casey. for 45 minutes with Casey and then realized we, <laughs> that it had not started recording. And you know what? Meeting. You guys are so sad that you missed it because it was so good it was good it's gonna be a uh, it was a lot better than anything we're going to put out in this recording <laughs> you should have been there uh but i do remember that i referred to casey as our fat spurt and yeah, yeah. and then i made jokes uh, about spurt and how it was and why did you have to bring that up again <laughs> She's a bat expert. Right, away. Yes. right? Yeah, We do not need to get, it's not really sexual. It's, it's well, you're our bat expert. Bat and then we talked about, I think we talked bat about. It's how Damien came about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Flashback jokes that you weren't there for. <laughs> so maybe we should just skip to the good parts and not rehash the bad ones. You want to, you want to drive? <laughs> <laughs> So Casey, sorry to have you uh, go through this again, but right before we get to your uh, your history, and it won't be as much of a surprise now, but every episode... We should have some more of this drink. In third season, <laughs> we do a themed drink. Uh, and so today I made Smilex Punch, which is a rum punch. Uh, and then when they were waiting for it, Bear and Jen were the punchline. Uh, uh, it's so much funnier now. Cue <laughs> Mark Hamill Joker laugh here. I was like standing outside having a cigarette and I was like, um, or we could just do the uh, the laugh track from the end of the Tim Burton movie. The <laughs> well, now that you've done it, we don't need to. I don't, I don't need to that. cue up the laugh track. No, that's great. All right. I just, just pull that and I'll use that as a laugh track from now on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So, Casey, uh, please give us your history with comic books and how you ended up uh, asking to come for the first time onto our show to discuss the Joker. Um, so, I have been in love with comics for a long time, since I was a wee lass, and um, grew up in a town of about 250 people, and we had this tiny little grocery store on the corner where I would sell lemonade and snacks and stuff so I could get coinage to purchase comic books from there, um, and that's just something that my brother and I did growing up and have always kind of been in love with the Batman universe, um, all the way back to even we are last stage, where Scooby-Doo had Batman on and um, the Adam oh, West I forgot Batman. about that. Yeah. Um, which I watch a lot now because the child loves Scooby-Doo as much as I do. Nice. Um, 
And there was a Scooby-Doo Batman crossover comic that he has. Oh. <laughs> and um, uh, really got into the Joker um, due to the, I guess, uh, can't think of the word, variety. Mm. Um, he's not always the same. He's always got some little quirk that's different. There's a lot of options with the Joker. He's a lot where, more fluid. Yeah, a lot more fluid. Whereas with Batman, you're more, you know, this happened and so it caused this and you don't have that background information with the Joker. So it can really be whatever you want it to be for whatever reason or whatever he wants it to be for whatever reason. Um, and I just am always driven to the Joker because of that. Yeah, I have to agree with you that ambiguity is what makes Joker one of the best villains in my mind is is that you know he's a he's an unreliable narrator of, of his own story you know you can never tell if he's telling you about like something that happened to him if it actually happened to him or if it's part of his narrative moving forward to manipulate you or if it's a complete you know figment of of his imagination or part of his mental illness who knows that's what i love about that which that was film. one of the the biggest things that i loved about the recent Joaquin Phoenix movie that we're mainly talking about today um, is the story of it's, it's a mental health story. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, it's a character study, like you had mentioned in our in our previous episode of Joker. <laughs> that hashtag you weren't there for, um, and it's a uh, it's this slow descent into madness. And so, is it really real? Was he really having a relationship with the girl next door in the apartment next door? Mm -hmm. Does he even know where did it, where did it come from? Right. Um, just so many, so many ways that it can be interpreted and so many ways that everything could just change from moment to moment. And incidentally, that's actually what I really enjoyed about the Heath Ledger Joker. Because he tells... They didn't bother. Right. Well, no, he, he explains how he got his scars like oh, three yeah. different ways. Yeah. Everybody so that again, he comes across. Yeah. Right. You're, it's another unreliable narrator. Mm -hmm. Like he, he is in the movie as an unreliable narrator where you really get the feeling each time he tells the story, at that moment, he believes it. Mm -hmm. um, which brings us to our two graphic novels. Um, so we did Brian Azzarello's Joker with uh, amazing art by Lee Bermejo. Um, and then we have to admit that we lied to you, dear it was, listeners. It, it, it was a lie by forgetting. Yes. Uh, on our From Hell episode, we said that we would be done with Alan Moore. However, there's always... Alan Moore was not done with us. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one more, more. There's always more, more. We did do the killing joke for this because it is the definitive Joker story. What widely regarded as. Widely regarded as the definitive yeah. Joker story. Um, so we had to, we had to pick it up. Um, Casey, you had read these before, correct? Yes. I have had them longer than I've had my child. <laughs> are, is, are they like your other child? They, oh, well, I've got like three or four shelves of Batman movies and graphic novels, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, this is my first time reading the Brian Azzarello, uh, but not The Killing Joke. And in a modern context, I have more than a few problems with The Killing Joke, but we'll get to those later. Um, Jen? What did you think of these? Did you prefer one over the other? Um, I would say that I like them both about the same, but for different reasons. Um, I liked the Joker because of the kind of story through an outsider's perspective. Um, someone who's close to the Joker, but not the Joker. Johnny Johnny Frost. Johnny Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Frost. 
lost. And then the killing joke, I think, is brilliant because it's so, I mean, they're both brutal, but it's just, it, the killing joke shows you how far Joker goes to make a point. Yes, which is the entire point of it. Mm -hmm. Bear? And Barbara got that point. Oh. Oh. Hey, Kat. <laughs> Kat, you missed so many jokes at your expense <laughs> when we weren't recording. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, uh, personally, I think... I mean, I love both of them, um, but again, you know, I, I I had watched all the movies before I had read either of these. Killing Joke's been out for how long? When did that come out? 80s. 80s? Get an exact date on here. 88. Yeah, and 20 years later, we have the uh, Brian Azzarello Joker coming in at 08. Um, and I have to agree with Jen, they're both totally visceral, but both in completely different art styles, totally different storylines. Um, I really do appreciate the Azzarello comic book being, or graphic novel being told from the perspective of Johnny Johnny Frost, mm -hmm. um, which is like our our Tim Burton Bob. Yep. Yep. Out of the uh, original Burton movie. Yes. Well, um, and something that I think is interesting about about that, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, Josh, was that the Joker, the perspective of Johnny Johnny Frost, you see him descending into madness with the Joker. Yes. And so... Which is a great parallel to the Joaquin yes, Phoenix movie. Exactly. Right. So it's not that, you know, Joker's henchmen, if we're going to call back to the Adam West uh, <laughs> Joker, but... You know, Joker's henchmen are not blindly following him because of greed or what have you, or because they're similar when they're first recruited. It's because their their moral ambiguity that allows them to be hired by the Joker in the first place gives them that slippery slope into... Yeah, you have to have yeah. a certain level of mental instability yourself already to find anything that the Joker is doing appealing. Right. And I think the movie hit on that really well towards the end because it was very clear that everyone was inspired by him. Mm -hmm. And just being um, present and feeling what you're believing is gonna help you inspire others in your cause if they're feeling the same thing you're feeling. Right, and I think actually keying off of the movie on that and your point Casey is that Joker isn't asking anyone to do anything he's or believe anything yeah. he, he's not asking people to believe him to believe in him or believe what he believes he's just saying if you feel the same way you know i mean he's not saying that but it's like he he is he is communicating how he's feeling and people are identifying with it yeah he's inspiring yeah. flat out that's yeah. like the yeah. definition of inspiration yeah. another medium in which they do that extremely well is in gotham mm -hmm. uh with the quote-unquote proto-joker and honestly uh, when we were talking before because this this question is bound to come up because it will and we had both had the same thought while we were previously not recording our recording <laughs> um comes up the who was your favorite joker and i i i originally remember that i was saying that you um, never watched the animated i never i never watched the animated you guys can clutch your pearls i'm sorry i haven't watched any of the animated stuff mon dieu <laughs> oh my god there's there's like there was just a mask suddenly felt the force of this mass of indrawn breaths. Right? <gasps> All of our listeners were suddenly just like, 
Anyways. All um, three of you. Yeah, all three of you. <laughs> um, haven't watched any of it. Um, and previously I had said when we were recording that um, Jack Nicholson was my favorite Joker and I'd entirely forgotten about Gotham. Yeah. Watching the series, seeing their spin on the, the Joker origin story was amazing. Now, I love Joaquin Phoenix. Went and saw that in the theater. I don't think it was opening weekend. It might have been the weekend after anyways. It was not long after it came out with a friend. Um, had that walkout moment and was just like, hang on, before we talk about this, I, I just need a minute, like just to process and how that was, that was lovely. It was this, it was this beautiful, it was a character study. Like we said, mm-hmm. it was this slow descent into madness. Reminded me a lot of Sons of Anarchy, actually mm-hmm. kind of um, loved that. Actually preferred the Azarello to the Killing Joke. Um, we'll get in more into that later, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but that whole story from Gotham of, listen, Joker is not any one person. It's the reason why he keeps coming back, the reason why he's still around. He's just a gypsy curse. He could be anybody. She could be anybody. It's just, this is the curse on, and if I remember right in Gotham, was it a curse on on the city or was it a curse on um, Gordon? I don't remember. That's been a long time. I just remember the end result of the... <clears throat> Which they didn't come back to, I don't think in the series. Did they? Okay, back. I only saw I only saw through like season two before I moved on to other things, but because um, they walked away from Joker for a while yes. before they came back then but there's a there's an entire cult of uh, th- that brings his like steals his body and it brings him back it's a whole thing oh that's more entertaining because that reminds me of you know death of superman kind of stuff yes but, um <laughs> which becomes much more entertaining to me um but yeah so i i really appreciate that as far as like stories go of how the joker starts would be my favorite there but i'm gonna jump ahead and ask the question favorite joker start with casey start with casey i don't know i haven't talked about the graphic novels yet (laughs) oh yes so what did you think of the graphic novels like which sorry my bad um we will get back to favorite joker So I would choose Killing Joke over Joker. Um, I think Joker was beautifully illustrated. It's a very unique art style and really each panel's its own piece of artwork with extreme detail. Um, I go with Killing Joke mostly because it is not quite as slow a read as the Joker. Um, once you start the story, you're already within the Joker's madness. It's already begun. You don't have to wait for something to happen. Um, and it just really goes to show that if he really wants to fuck some shit up, he's gonna fuck some shit up. And I think that's the most Jokery thing you can do is fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> An agent of chaos. Exactly. I mean, that is that is what the Joker stands for. Is fucking I mean, shit up. Chaos. Yeah. And and like with the the movie, it's I mean, one of my favorite parts in there is where he's sitting in the his neighbor's apartment and he thinks that he's in the relationship with this girl and he says I had a bad day and that's where everything kind of derives from. I think that's the one common point in any Joker story is that it, uh, it's all coming from a bad day. Right. From his perspective. Absolutely. Uh, which which one do they say? Is it Killing Joke? Killing, Killing Joke where they say we're all one bad day away from. Yes. Yeah. And actually that was that was one of the big takeaways and it's why uh, many people consider Killing Joke the definitive Joker story because from that point on that point more than any other thing 
has been a thread throughout all the Joker stories mm -hmm. is the thought that one bad day could drive anyone mad. There is one other point that comes up after, like that. That's a that's a great point for origin of Joker is one bad day after Joker becomes Joker, whoever he was before that, she whoever she was before that. If you go that far, right? Um, the one thing that keeps popping up because it popped up in Christopher Nolan Batman, it popped up in uh, the Brian uh, Azzarello Joker. I don't know if it popped up in Killing Joke was the thing about he's not just a crime lord. It comes up, he's not doing this for money. Right. right. Christopher Nolan, he was like, I don't care about money. He right. burns this whole stack of money. Right. The things that I love are gasoline, dynamite. They're cheap. You know, um, in Brian Azzarello, he's like, this was never about money. Right. right. You know, the, right before a huge bloody murder scene. Right. Um, so I, I, that as an additional thread, yes, not the origin, but another common thread throughout all of them is the Joker's not not doing this for monetary gain. He's not the Penguin. He's not any of these other guys that are just looking for either wealth or political gain. He's just there to be, oh, well, and it's set in uh, Batman Begins. No, not Batman Begins, in the, um, the Heath Ledger. Dark Knight. Yeah, Dark Knight, um, where Alfred says, some men just want to see the world burn. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would actually, correct the it's takes one bad day to throw a person into madness i think that it's it's it just takes one bad day to trigger that chaos i don't think that it creates i don't think one bad day I, this what i got from all of this was not that it was a bad day and that made him mentally unstable. The it straw was, that broke the camel's back. It was that that bad day, yes, is the thing that caused him to say, fuck it. I'm done. That's it. Yeah. It's over. Burn it all down. It's like, why? Well, yeah. Like, okay, why am I restraining myself? No one else is restraining themselves. You know, not that, you know, again. <laughs> It's not permissive. It's not, it's not something that, you know, I think society agrees with, but it can be said that there are people who just say, that's it. That's my, that just severed my connection to humanity and caring about anyone or anything. Right. Yeah. I think the movie hit really well on that. I mean, he's seeing this therapist, he's on meds, he's, you know, trying to be what society wants him to be and society is just shit to him and he gets you know the crap beat out of him by these you know fancy guys and he just had enough and he's like nope i'm not gonna pretend it's not funny to me anymore it's it reminds me a lot of the uh michael douglas movie falling down where it, which i don't know if you've seen it but it's it's a guy that just is is the beginning of the movies he's in traffic he's stuck in you know traffic it's hot there's a bunch of stuff going on and he just leaves his car and just starts to go on a rampage and you know it's goes to a fast food restaurant and the fast food people are like breakfast stops being served at 10 30 and it's like 10 36 and he's watching them like throw stuff out and it's just a it's a pretty much just a, a movie about a guy just that just had has had it and i would i would like to piggyback on that and say that it is that coupled with a violent andy kaufman yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah, very much wow yeah no that's uh that's a yikes that's yeah. a yikes for me dog. yeah imagine imagine if andy kaufman well, yeah that's imagine point. if andy kaufman just had one bad day right and then turned into michael douglas's falling down well that's or, exactly or, yeah. what we've got mm -hmm. it was the last straw yeah yeah mm -hmm. jesus so, Casey, let's swing back around to favorite Joker. Yes. 
which I compared to choosing your favorite pizza topping because it's right. very stressful. Choose a child. <laughs> or, or which style of pizza do you want? New York? Do you want Chicago? Do you want bar Detroit? style like thin cracker? Detroit? Okay. Mm -hmm. I have a special place in my heart for Detroit. Okay, you say bar style, tavern style. Yeah. That's true Chicago style pizza. At me. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> Tavern style, absolutely true Chicago style pizza. Hey, I'm just so saying that there are people out there that still say that like the Chicago deep dish style is a casserole. And, and if you're calling that a casserole, you've never spent any time in the Midwest. <laughs> so Casey, favorite pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I kind of always started my love of Joker with Caesar. He's, you know, the icon. He was Props. not as dark, obviously, as everything else because it was very campy. Um, but I love the Jack Nicholson Joker. I think it was an appropriate mix of just maniacal madness and uh, almost an unfeeling. Like when he was disappointed, he's just like, those are my balloons. And then he just fucking shoots somebody. But, right. but very very sanitized for was it the late 80s when that came out early 90s one of the two mid 80s mid 80s when no, that came 88, out 88 88 yeah. i mean if, if we could have had that with the blood and gore that we get now mm -hmm. that would probably be my favorite joker ever yeah. Well, and I think that it's interesting that as we move forward through time, you get a much more nuanced portrayal of Joker. You well, know? Except for Jared Leto. Fuck Jared Leto. We're not even going <laughs> to Not you, Jared Leto. So, I haven't even taken that movie off my shelf. I have all of my movies spread out in front of me so I can look at them as I'm talking about <laughs> That's not on. <laughs> but I, I think that to answer the question who's my favorite joker it's difficult because as you move forward through time you get deeper in the layers of who jay who the joker is you know you you get more nuanced performances and i'd say all of them are my favorite except for you jared leto sorry not you jared leto. not you um i think that because it's like okay caesar romero was my introduction to joker loves Cesar Romero's Joker. Then you move on and you've got Jack Nicholson who gave you, as an adult, range. He a gave little you bit. Range. He gave you range, but also it was darker, but not mm -hmm. too dark. Because again, sanitized for the 80s. Right. And then you move forward and you have Heath Ledger, who's even darker, mm -hmm. but you're a little bit older and you understand that. So and he went and it for works. it. Yes, he did. Yeah, he and did. he went for it. And then you have Joaquin Phoenix. Again, more layers, less sanitized. and Older, more, more understanding, more mature. Exactly. richer understanding, exactly. mental health. Exactly. Exactly. So... No, I'm not going to choose. I'm going to be the Joker of this episode, and I'm not going to choose a Joker. So there. <laughs> you love all the Jokers, Harley. <laughs> and that's the thing I was going to say about the movie, is of all of the Jokers in all of the different formats, I feel like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker is the one that you can see what Harley is seeing. Like, there's yes. a lot of people who are like, he's just Ooh, beaten her. Why doesn't she leave? They're in a bad relationship. And it's like, no, this guy is just a little bit fucked up, and she's a little fucked up too and they get that about each other so it's not like he's you know hitting her all the time just because he feels like it it's like so we're, we're looking at like a like a consensual non-consent is that what we're talking about 
I think I would place bets on that because I mean Harley a lot of people give her shit but I mean that's my girl (laughs) no I think I think think you've got a really good point there and that actually gives me a little bit more respect for the Harley Quinn character in general I think because I've never really been a big fan but now that now that you bring that up yeah I think you're right I think yeah but birds of prey I think that redeems her and with this portrayal of Joker I'm there I'm totally there I get you yep yeah, new newfound respect. Thank you. I guess I'm good with the the non consent consent you were talking about. My problem comes from people being like, I want a relationship like that. No, you fucking no, you really don't. don't. <laughs> that's that's really, really, once really again, really that's don't. deep and that's layers, and I don't think most of us are ready for that. You're not gonna want that. <laughs> yeah, no. right. Uh, so for me, uh, I. Uh, we didn't talk about your favorite comic. We we skipped you. That's true. Uh, and actually, my favorite joke or my favorite comic, you could probably mix them together because I did last time when we weren't recording. Um, so the Brian Azzarello Joker, I, I prefer. Um, and it's very visceral and it's very deep. But mm. both of these comics um, are the minority of what you see of the Joker. So um, the story that I like this to is when I, in my LARPing days, um, I portrayed for a time the uh, voodoo god also turned vampire uh, Baron Samadhi. And the idea is he's a trickster god. He's, you know, um, same kind of thing as like Anansi or Loki. Um, Anansi? Thank you. Sorry. I and when had I, that moment of, yeah. that was the other thing that I purchased on our voodoo account. Oh, hey, we talked about voodoo before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I had portrayed him and he had been a trickster god and he had done some stuff. And, and years later, somebody came to me and was like, I don't like the way that you portrayed them. I'm like, okay, well, what, what was your issue with it? And he said, the portrayal should have been Heath Ledger's Joker. You played him as uh, uh, Cesar, Romero's. Cesar Romero's Joker, and that's not scary. And, I, and my response was, if you don't think Cesar uh, Romero's Joker is scary, you're not watching it right, first of all. <laughs> like, off topic. But uh, 80% of Joker in the comics is Cesar Romero Joker, where not sanitized to that level, but he does the same horrific things that the Jokers here do. You just don't see it. Uh, he kills people. He does horrible, horrible things, has horrible plots. The the psycho moment. The uh, psycho moments, yes. but you don't see the you, psycho All moment. you see is the knife being raised and right. the blood circling the drain. Right. And your brain fills in the rest. Right. Um, and because of that, people see him as comedic a lot of the times instead of scary. Well, he's still scary. He's just being funny while he's mm-hmm. being scary. Um, people are afraid of clowns and they're not trying to be scary. And I think for that reason, and Bear has not experienced this, but my favorite Joker is probably Ham- uh, Mark Hamill's portrayal. Um, there's just something he does with his voice yeah. and the way that he portrays the Joker. It, it, it's it's amazing when you can encapsulate all of a character with just a voice. Right. Well, and I feel like in that animated series with Mark Hamill, the Joker is, is striving for, a, similar to Killing Joke, mm-hmm. he is striving for a relationship with Batman. Yes. It, it's a fucked up relationship, but that's all that he can do. So that's all the Joker can do. The the thing, the issue that I had, the reason why I liked Azarello more than I liked Killing Joke, you know, Joker more than Killing Joke, was, so I read Killing Joke first. I just read Joker this morning. 
My Rage of Killing joke probably actually several months ago. Um, basically right after we started talking about season, you know, starting up season three. And I got to the end of it and I read the last eight pages like five times. And I just kept going, I'm, I'm missing something. Like this is the killing joke. Somebody's supposed to die, right? Like at the end of this and I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, is there is there color patterns that I'm missing? Is is this actually rain or is this supposed to be blood? Is the, Are those headlights or is that a flashlight? What's going on? Like five times I read this and then I just and then I just I just started laughing and I was literally just <laughs> fuck you Alan Moore well and it's funny <laughs> because when I read and I did read both of these a while ago when we, we mm. decided to do them and I swear when I was reading Killing Joke I'm like wait a minute we saw the movie and then we watched the movie and I'm like no I remember something completely different there were people that died there were people that were kidnapped. There was another animated thing we watched that was, I thought, the killing joke, it, but it wasn't. Was it Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> I really yeah. like that Mark Hamill did come back for the animated killing joke because I feel like that's, well, actually all of the main characters with Tara Strong and right. um, Kevin Conroy really helped make that. I think it was a little weird that they added another segment to the animated version that's not in the comic. Um, like the whole first half and, and yeah. Batman nailing Barbara Gordon for yeah, no reason. And it was, it was interesting was that it was told from Barbara's standpoint at the beginning when she was really a, a smaller role in the comic itself. Right. But, um, the huge correlation of needing to have that there. But I mean, it was still entertaining to watch. Somewhere Kat is yelling at her phone, right. listening to this podcast, going, why? Why? And the answer is we don't know either, Kat. It, it, there was no reason for it. It's not like it's not like by Batman, by Bruce having sex with Barbara, somehow he's more invested. Like that's not in in effect, if if you know Bruce Wayne at all, he's probably less invested now. Well, <laughs> and and that and that actually is a really good point because the whole reason that he's invested is that, in my mind, in this in this story arc, the whole reason he's invested in Batgirl is because she has the same ideals that he has, and that he sees her as key to helping him move his agenda forward. He doesn't see her as, a, okay, this is gonna sound really bad. He doesn't see her as a person, he sees her as, as a, a woman. He sees her as an ally, as a partner, as, okay, maybe a tool, but I, I think that when, when I think that in my it, mind- It's not even a tool. A an asset. An asset. I think that in my mind, Batman sees people in two tiers as helping his agenda as Batman and as helping his agenda as his cover story as Bruce Wayne. Right. And and again, he... And sex to him is part of his cover story. Sex is not part of his his agenda as Batman. That's actually the, the whole idea of the asset is... Uh when you get deeper into after um, Dick Grayson leaves and becomes Nightwing, mm -hmm. that's his problem with Batman is he sees that and he calls him on it. And he said, no, I'm, I'm just an asset to you. Like you don't, you're not a father figure to me. You don't love me like a son. Mm -hmm. You don't, you are capable of that. 
So here's a question. Can we say that because these two people, both Batman and Joker, have stopped viewing the world from a largely human perspective, are they no longer human? Are they perfectly matched to each other because they are no longer part of the human race and they are have to do something with each other? I think that's an excellent point. I think they're, I mean, okay, I don't see them as no longer part of the human race, but they don't think of themselves in those terms. I think it's I think it's easy to to make the correlation that they're both sociopaths. Yes. Um, oh, that's super easy. Yeah. Batman is one hundred percent a sociopath. Right. Well, but in similar ways. Right. Yeah. But in a way, it kind of goes back to the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we even managed to yeah. Yeah. Well done, right? Casey. Bring us like, there. What you got? He just says, "You complete me," and then they connect their heads and they save the city. From- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Freaking Lego Batman is the best. Seriously, out of all out of all the Batman voices. <laughs> that, that's probably the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart. I've only seen a little bit, but like, oh, like Kevin Conroy, man. Yeah, Kevin <laughs> Conroy. No, uh, you're thinking of darkness, uh, Will... dead parents. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're cutting out, Casey. I think it was Will Arnett. Yes, yes. yes. Oh God, wow. We have we have even gotten Lego Batman into this. Well done. Yeah. Well Excellent done. job. I keep going. I got. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. What else do you I, have on that shelf that we need to know about? Ninja Batman. Oh, Ninja that, Batman. See, I have issues with Ninja Batman because everything about the artwork in Ninja Batman said Samurai Batman, but they called it Ninja Batman and it pissed me off a little bit. There is one other comic I read a while ago. I think it might have been Injustice. Where, ah, um, and where we come back. Yeah. Yep. And, and he blames Batman. He's like, but you could have, could have, uh, stopped this at any time and you didn't right yes injustice injustice is is brilliant we we, we really need to do an episode just on injustice well well, i suppose there's the video game that spawned the uh that's the modern media that we can use there you go we might do an injustice episode maybe it'll be a bonus episode yeah there you go like dune (laughs) dune uh yeah so uh yeah and in in injustice joker's the catalyst for everything um even though in the game part of it joker comes over to the injustice reality uh, don't spoil it for people we might do this as an episode well but that would be the media aspect well, yeah but still we're, 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 <laughs> we don't want to talk about it beforehand we can talk about it in a different episode afterwards okay uh so <laughs> so we got into the madness and yes both both batman and joker are well they're really the joker is the most quote-unquote stable relationship bruce has oh, yeah. except for alfred maybe i would say the joker yeah, and alfred, I, alfred are on yeah. opposite sides of that coin yeah because he is the surrogate parent right except for when he actually like puts on this suit and buys into his whole psychosis like that's causes a problem but right i guess you know sooner or later the parent's gonna take the kid out trick-or-treat so <laughs> yeah well but that's the thing okay so there's a I'm trying to remember what the medium of it is but I, I I believe it's a JLA comic but at one point Wonder Woman has to check everyone and she uses the lasso of truth and so she like Superman picks it up and she says what's your name and he has to tell the truth he says Clark Kent and they go through and Batman picks it up and she's like what's your name and he goes I'm Batman <laughs> <laughs> 
And it, and like it's it's done as a joke. But Did Gail write that one? Probably. Because I, I'm I, saying I might probably. Need to read that because that'll be hilarious. But I mean, it's played off as a joke, but it's very much like at the core of what's wrong with Batman. Like <laughs> he is not Bruce Wayne, and then he goes and and is Batman. That's, and that's, that's very predominant in all of the Lego Batman appearances. Is like he's right. Batman. He's like I'm, you know putting on my mask when I'm Bruce Wayne, basically. Right. Right. And I think that that's the case in all of the Batman stories. He's, you know, he is not interested in being Bruce Wayne. Bruce right. Wayne well, is his cover. You definitely see that in the Christopher Nolan stuff. Yes. Right. That yeah. comes up with his relationship, you know, his his Bruce Wayne relationships. That, that definitely comes up. He doesn't like being there. No, yeah. that is his cover story. Yeah. All right. Any other topics or questions that we should go over? I mean... I kind of want to point out one of my least favorite jokers that's not Jared Leto. Okay, <laughs> which one's that? I really did not enjoy Kevin Michael Richardson's Joker for the Batman. So um, I specifically have a movie that's called The Batman versus Dracula and he just had such a deep voice and they kind of made him look almost like hyena-ish from The Lion King. Like he had this weird hair huh. going on. I just did not enjoy it. It was not. Wow, so what we, gotta, we gotta train the trainers moment. Like, Right. Yeah, we don't. What is this thing? You we should, don't know you that talk thing. about this flick give us like details when did it come out who produced it who's acting in it because i haven't heard about this at all really it, so the there was a series called the batman um oh yeah it was an animated cartoon series it was after the brave and the bold right yes i believe so okay i've heard of it i've not watched it let's see if there's a date on here but there is an episode called Batman versus Dracula, and sure enough, Dracula comes to Gotham, starts turning people into vampires, and one of the people he turns into vampires is the Joker. Um, so oh, they I think he's dead, and here he comes back as a vampire, and Batman oh, has to I, I need to see this thing because I do have a deep-seated love of vampire movies as well. So the Joker is a vampire? I'm mm -hmm. down. I mean, it was pretty entertaining to watch. I thought it was going to be an awful movie for how cheap I found it on the internet, but it was pretty good. Other than probably one of my least favorite Jokers. I'll have to check if there's like DC Universe has it or anything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, okay, so there's one. Bear, do you have a least favorite Joker? Well, are, are we eliminating Jared Leto? Yeah, we're, everybody, everybody across the board hates Jared Leto. Yeah, he just wins the award. Yeah, not you, Jared Leto. <laughs> not you, Jared Leto. Um, I mean, of the stuff that I have experience with, no, I, I gotta be a Jen on this one and be like, I don't hate any Jokers. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I, do not, I do not have a least favorite Joker. I made a successful argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think of one either, actually. I can't. Uh, I mean, I, I have a most favorite, but after that, everybody else is just second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I can't think of one. I, I can think of one where I didn't like the art, or, or a couple where I didn't like the artwork, yes. but they generally do a pretty good job of protecting that character when it <laughs> comes to voice work or I acting wish, work. I wish more heroes were written. And honestly, I almost wonder... Here's a yeah. I, I was just, just I just, just pointed it. I just pointed at Bear because he's like, I wish more hero, and I knew exactly what he was gonna we're, say. We're, we're written with that same 
Right. Like it's the depth the, that, of the depth, character. The ambiguity. Yes. The only the, the only character that I can honestly think of off the top of my head that is a quote unquote hero. Um, and maybe part of the reason why he's so popular is Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Because we don't know where Wolverine came from. We, we have a dozen different stories. No, we have one. <laughs> we have one. We we no, we we seriously do have one now, and it's Wolverine Origins, and it's oh, yeah. but there are several others that just hint at how how much further back that goes right so to your point what I, I just immediately thought of what was the movie that was like the superman analogy analog oh, bright brightburn so if they made heroes with that ambiguity in their in their backstories like that made superman so much more interesting to me hold on we, we have a child that i can't edit out okay i know I, it just made it so much more interesting to me because it was like, okay, well, this is Superman. What if that happened? Right, exactly. You know, what if that happened? Well, it didn't, you know, but... There is, in the comics, and I have not read it, but it has piqued my interest, there's a character in an alt world called the Batman Who Laughs. Yeah. Batman, it's basically Joker and the Batman as one. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Casey, do you know this? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the figurine at Target, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm buying it because I know I don't need it, but it's so fucking beautiful. Yes, <laughs> and and I've meant to track down those. You know, it goes on on the pile with Superman number six hundred sixty six. In, in <laughs> things that I need on my wall. <laughs> um, but yes, and, and from what I've read, the Batman that la who laughs is a is a alternate reality where basically whatever happened to the Joker happened to Bruce Wayne, and so he got both Batman and Joker in one. Ooh, so if we get the Gotham curse, that hit and so it has Bruce the Wayne. cowl, but then like his the skin smile, around yeah. his mouth is pulled back. That seems a little too liter literal to me yeah. like i would let again this is why joker is amazing is he's more nuanced than that it's not like this is exactly what this character is i think that that the the batman who laughed would be so much more interesting to me if it were a little more nuanced rather than we're just gonna smash these two characters we're together like mash yeah we're gonna take the worst thing that Batman ever discovered and make it part of him. And I am probably every comic book writer's nightmare. You smoosh how you want to smoosh, and I will smoosh how I want but to. I mean, Hi, Neil Gaiman. I love you. Even, even if you look at stuff like like when we were talking with Cat about Wonder Woman, like there's a few different aspects of backstory, but yeah, they all kind of go back to a similar point. But they're all a little bit different from that, and any of those could be true. But we don't know because she's a goddess, so reports vary right you know if we go back to you know other obviously we we, we want to you know we're looking at two of the big three batman and superman their, their origin stories never change but what if in superman instead of being absolutely my planet was dying i get blasted off on a rocket my parents sent me away because the planet was blowing the fuck up and i landed in the middle of fucking kansas of all goddamn places <laughs> what if instead of that you know, maybe Lucifer, from the comic book Lucifer, not from the TV series Lucifer, just fuck that. Um, 
<laughs> Mind yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just decided, well, what if I try and make something that's a person and that's a hero? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm about to wander off and create my own universe anyways. Throwback to, you know, season, right. season yeah. <laughs> what was that, season two? Um, season one or season two, I can't remember when we did Lucifer. Oh, season one oh, was Lucifer because okay. we didn't have a guest. That's true. But, you know, what if what if that was it? Or, you know, what if we have, again, I was in, I still haven't seen it yet, but I'm enthralled by Brightburn, just, and I want to see it because from what I've just seen in the previews, and this is probably not how the actual plot line goes, but it's like, what if, what if his upbringing went sideways? Right. And, and okay, so. Well, we no, have... that's not it, but it, it's, what if his... Not his upbringing, but his origins were slightly different. Right. Sure. And but that's so. I I really enjoyed Brightburn. I love really too. really loved watching it. It was predictable in all the ways yeah. that a Superman comic is predictable, which I think made it more Superman. Um, Absolutely. But I know a lot of people with a passion hate that movie. Um, and a lot of it is because of its predictability and its. But that's exactly what it was trying to tell. Like, you've seen the previews. There's not a lot of shocks. Like, there's not a lot of, oh, no. oh I didn't see that coming in Bright Because you've got but, Superman and then make him dysfunctional as a child. Like, right. it's it's like a lot of the reviews for Joker, which really kind of upset me. Yeah. The fact that Joker, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, only got a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, like, some of the big names were tearing it apart. I'm not going to go into that again because... We didn't record it last time. We didn't record it last time, so we're not going to record it this time. But but, but it's yeah, it's. I think that I don't people. Think the appreciation was there for the Joker himself because I mean I'll be the first to say it was a little slow going in the beginning, but once you get towards the middle is really when you see how much everything is affecting him and how that's the catalyst that moves him forward. And right, I think it was very beautifully shot and acted and. The music was on point for everything to help you feel that emotionally. But if you're not genuinely interested in his background, I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, but I think that <clears throat> that slowness in the beginning of the movie is trying to really trying to make the point that this person who becomes this the Joker was just a regular guy. Exactly. Was just an everyday person to whom boring everyday things happen. Right. And it's I've his sat reaction. On the yeah. I had a shitty job I didn't like. Right. And people keep putting me down. I can't, everything, I'm trying to do everything the way I've been taught to do it, to do it the quote unquote mm. right way. And every time I try to do things the right way, the moral way, the legal way, the way that I've been told things should be done, I'm being put down, I'm being singled out, I'm being, I'm being stepped on. I'm being stepped on. I'm being literally beaten, beaten to shit. Yeah. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to quote unquote, supposed to be doing, and yet nothing is going right for me. And I think that the, the, the point of that in the movie is to say the Joker is everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody tries to do the right thing. You know, everybody, everybody, again, generalization, but the majority of people in the world try to do the right thing. They try to do what's best with what they have. And I think that that movie just was trying to show how 
that in combination with some mental illness and some other things going on can create a character like the Joker. Which is why that one review was, well, it's the story of nothing. Like, nothing yeah, is. it's the story of life. It literally is right. the story of every <laughs> average Joe. Yep. And then one day shit just broke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry that you're a bad reviewer, but you don't understand how any one of us could just go wrong. Right. Something could go poorly, way poorly one day. Right. And then we've got a Joker in this world with no Batman to stop him. Right. And you know, maybe that reviewer is just trying to say this as that movie, not related to a comic book, that movie is not as good as it could be. Well, maybe that's true. But to me, for a comic book movie, again, quote unquote, a comic book movie, it is, it, it reaches depth that so many other comic book movies don't even attempt. It, it brings it brings a touch of reality yeah. to something that is our fantasy genre. Yep. Exactly. You know, something that's not supposed to be, something that's not supposed to be anything that we're gonna encounter in real life mm -hmm. suddenly becomes very real. Yeah, exactly. Casey, you were gonna say something? I'm just gonna say that you're basically following and going through his descent into madness, or in the other terms, his ascent into greatness, because call, yeah. Because he ends the movie, you know, surrounded by these new followers that he has inspired that have some sort of connection with him. Mm -hmm. And he paints the blood on his face and to the Joker's smile, and he's like he's the king now. Yeah, exactly. He did terrible things. Yeah. Great, but great. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think uh, I think that phrase slow descent into madness also explains why the first part of the movie is slow. It has mm -hmm. it yeah. Has, yeah, it's yeah. not a slow descent into madness if you just dive in on the you right. know high dive on the deep end. But I think about uh the end of the Joker and I kind of want to immediately turn on that uh the Dark Knight because oh, immediately you go to that so bank well. you go to that bank robbery, right? Cuz that's how that movie starts. Yeah. Is these guys doing a bank robbery and each one of them is is shooting each other because like their job is to take out the guy next to them but you also have that moment when you get probably about three quarters of the way through the movie and joker's just standing there in the middle of the road and his guns are empty he's literally standing there in the middle of the road and he's like come on come on hit me hit me i want you to do it he's done right. he yeah. wants to be done with this right. world right just, which actually just is a fucking scene, run me over. Which is a scene that is repeated in uh, from Burton's Batman. Yes. Yeah. Because Joker's scene. Literally, in the he's, of the he's yeah, in yeah. the middle of the road and he's right. in the bat plane. Right. Although back. in that one, he pulls out his ridiculously large gun and shoots down the right. bat wing. Right. But not until after it flies past him, if I remember right. right. And you know that actually, I just thought of something, and all of this reminded me is the 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 pop. Okay, in Joaquin Phoenix, the Joker or Joker, he he becomes popular with the everyday person because they can relate to him. Mm -hmm. Batman isn't relatable in any way, shape, or form to the everyday person, but if they're his hero. He's their hero because. They protect them. Because, yeah, because from, Batman yeah. is protecting them. Right. Batman doesn't work off of adoration or or, or respect. No, no, no. Batman works off of fear. Listen, <laughs> if goddamn Jeff Bezos decided to put on a uh, no mech or what is it, no mech battle suit, yes. whatever from like, if he decides to put that on and go get a big ass like Tim Burton cape and dive off buildings, I might have a little more respect for the man. But he's not going to do it. Well, right. But, but the but, point of the point of Batman is the public does appreciate. Right, that's what I'm saying yeah. is... They don't respect 
or idolize him or identify or identify right. with him his job he does not do what he does through adoration superman does what he does but through i'm adoration. not saying i'm not saying that batman is motivated by that i'm saying that like the everyday person this is why joker and the batman are tied together mm -hmm. because the everyday person identifies with joker but appreciates, but appreciates the, the because they identify with joker and and why he is where he is but they're not there right they don't appreciate that joker causes chaos in their lives but they they understand him they don't understand batman right they just they know appreciate that his protection that's another i think that's another deific another another yep. Yep. jesus mm -hmm. complex right yep. there like yep. I am your savior. Right. We don't understand Jesus. We're not on the same level. Exist, we're not on the same level. Batman and every other person, we're yeah. not on the same level. Joker and every other person, we're on the same level. Yeah, I I'm just, I wouldn't compare. I haven't it. had my break yet to be with right. Joker. Yeah, and, and I haven't, I, I wouldn't say the idolatry, like That's Jesus. the word I was looking for, thank you. I would put that on Superman, I from the public. I wouldn't put that on Batman. They don't idolize Batman. They appreciate Batman for you the think, service that he does. You think Batman's like Moses? No. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping out on that one. <laughs> I, think, I think Batman is like the police. Yeah. That you know, people are like, well, well, they do. He does beat the living fuck out of everybody he comes across. Yeah, but he doesn't kill. He never kills. That's anybody. true. So he's not really like the police. He's a good cop, and he's actually a better detective than most than the police. Well, so. he's the world's greatest detective. Yeah, whatever. Well, Casey, no, you're no, no. Cat's gonna argue with you on that one because Cat's. <laughs> so there's this the version where um, I believe it's present in Flashpoint for Justice League, where Bruce is the one who dies, and then Thomas becomes Batman and Martha is the Joker. I remember and that. Yeah. Tom kills the fuck out of people. <laughs> he has no issue with killing people. He's kind of a drunk and sloppy and but I mean he is Batman. He's just more vengeful. Well I and I think we've covered that Thomas is is just a shitty human being. And I really wish that it would have gone more into Martha as the Joker. I mean, because the only part that's really present is, you know, she's kneeling over Bruce and she's got blood on her face in the shape of her smile and she's just losing it. Um, so that's something I would definitely like to see more of would, perspective. That, yeah, that would be more interesting, definitely. So have you been following uh, any recent uh, comics? Um, I recently purchased Damned, but have not read it yet. Because um, I know right now DC is doing a story where Joker has always been three jokers oh what yep what yep so batman at, at one point gets bruce gets access to like ask any question in the universe and have it answered and his question is who is the joker and the the answer that comes back from the cosmic whatever the fuck is that there are three jokers god damn you dc <laughs> and so that's apparently the newest comic have not read it what so we're like maiden mother crone joker what the hell <laughs> Come on, DC. Get 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 some original thoughts. Could one of those jokers at least be a woman? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. Oh, DC, why do I hate you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <sighs> Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I, I can't fully hate DC because I love Sandman. I well, love and there's Neil also Diamond. Wonder Woman and, and Lucifer. Lucifer. Um, what else? 
creature? No. Transmetropolitan. Transmet. There's my mention. Yeah. One per episode. All right. Any I don't think, did we have a transmit reference with Kat? I don't think we did on, on the Wonder Woman I episode. I think we did. I think we did. <laughs> we probably did. I think we probably did. Well, let's see. Casey, do you have any other follow-ups that you'd like to any, give any us? Plugs? some? Yeah. I could go on forever if <laughs> you really wanted me to. <laughs> Well, we might have you back for the Injustice episode. That sounds like if we do that, that'd be fun. Yeah. It'd give you uh, an excuse. If, if uh, Caden is doing uh, fighting games, Injustice is right in there. So. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. And frankly, I would love to have you back on another episode. I yes. <laughs> and hang out when the world stops ending. Yes, please. No. <laughs> Biggest party like all holiday 2020 holidays rolled into one somewhere in 2021. Well, you know, we I've I've missed our I've missed our um, you know, accidental meetings at the Froyo place. <laughs> so, um, okay, so instead of since we did two standalones, one of which yeah. is Alan Moore. We, we actually, had, I do have a last I mean, question. We had we had two firsts actually for this episode. The first time that we did two graphic novels, the first time that we recorded for damn near an hour and had to go back and do it all yeah. over. And do it all over again. Yes, that's true. It was beautiful, and you're all going to miss it. <laughs> was, it was so good. So the killing joke, Alan Moore. More Our more. last of the more more. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> no, it, it'll, it'll come up again. He's like a bad penny. Favorite Alan Moore that we've done so far. Oh. Because this is mine. And I even have problems with it because he, they totally fridge Barbara Gordon. Yeah. And uh, and for years, she suffers the the consequences of basically like being fridged. Does it? Does it qualify as being fridged if it actually advances her character? Do you th do you think it advanced Barbara? I mean, in a different way. I mean, it, it allowed it, her yeah, it to does, develop in it, a different way. It does allow her to become Oracle, which is yes. arguably much better than she was as Batgirl. Yes, oh, but, uh, but but Kat's, Kat's going to fight with us. She's already mad with, at me right now. I know. I know. She is mad at me right now. Graphically novel at gmail.com. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, I really enjoyed Killing Joke. Problematic as it is, it's Alan Moore. Everything is problematic. It's Come very, on. As we let's, found out. Let's not, you know, but Watchmen. Oh my God, Watchmen. Okay. Come on. Yeah. So, so Jen's top of the top of the Ellen Moore Mountain is Watchmen. Bear, is this better than Swamp Thing? No, it's Swamp Thing. <laughs> it's Swamp Thing. <laughs> and I, I still have, I've gotten a little bit further in from hell, but man, that's just a, it's an emotional investment I just don't have the energy to make right now. So Casey, I'm going to make the last question that I asked to my co-host will be different than what I ask you because you are our Joker aficionado, but... That spurt. Don't do that. Is there, <laughs> is there another Joker comic, other or graphic, out of uh, other than the two that we reviewed for this show, that you would say, hey, if you like Joker, here's another one. Um. I don't know. I think these are the two that are going to be the most relevant okay. and give you the best mindset. I think anything else is just going to be background, basically. It's going to be bat-centric. <laughs> okay. Uh, for Jen and Bear, then, uh, we haven't, I guess we haven't me. had enough bat jokes. Really. Yes, we have. We've had plenty. I love bats. <laughs> Please, let's stop. Did these two comics made you make you more interested or change your opinion on Joker as a character? I'll go first. Um, because I read these prior to seeing the Joaquin Phoenix movie, yes. Because it pushed Joker... Okay, 
I'm sure everyone knows by now that I am the person that likes things really dark. Uh-huh. I like it dark. And I weird. like it weird. I like I you know, Joker probably She wants David Lynch to direct her life. I don't know, that's kind of going a step too far. <laughs> David Lynch is a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> Love him, but he's crazy. I go with John Waters, personally. <laughs> yeah, John Waters. Exactly. A little bit yeah. ridiculous. If it was David Lynch, I could get a, a, a voice gun. You could get a bad spurt. Yeah, you could. <laughs> um, but I would say that these graphic novels probably are closer to what I would prefer as Joker, what I would prefer Joker to be as a character before I saw the movie. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, yes, this is it. This is exactly what I think this villain should be. Fair. Um, I 100% agree with your previous statement of, I want to watch Joker and then go watch The Dark Knight. That is my perfect progression after right. hearing you say it of, of how the Joker should be. Um, that being said, anything else that pops up Joker-centric without like, because very much like you don't you don't see Batman except for maybe like a dozen panels in the Azzarello mm -hmm. graphic mm -hmm. novel, and most of those are at the end. Yes, yeah, almost you, all of them. Almost all of them are, are at the probably end. in the last like five pages yep. of the graphic novel. There's like one maybe halfway through. Um, Killing Joke, I love, but again more, and yeah, giggling and fuck you more. Um, sorry, I lost the original question. <laughs> <laughs> Would you uh, be? Has this changed your opinion on the character? Having seen all the all the movies, starting with you know Cesar Romero is the first introduction to Joker that I ever had. Um, you know, we've got that. We've got Jack Nicholson. We've got Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. After that, we've got not you, Jer Jared. <laughs> not, well, we then I had Jared Leto, and I was just uh, okay. That's that's not that's not Joker. And then and then we get Joaquin Phoenix. Does it? Do these change my opinion? No. I mean, having seen Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix, I'm set. Like these just pretty much reinforced everything that I've seen for for movies already. And I think in that oh, I can't even say the word progression. Um, if you start with Joaquin Phoenix, move to Heath Ledger, then kind of delve into the Red Hood a little bit, mm -hmm. because the way that he just kind of annihilates Jason Todd, I think is very relevant to his character. Oh yeah, that would be another pivotal... I mean, it is it is mostly about the Bat family, but there is the death of Jason Todd. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not even familiar with the Red Hood. Well, the Red Hood is what Joker originally was. In The Killing Joke, when they have him put on that hood, that's a retelling of uh, he was originally the Red Hood, then showed up as the Joker. Oh. Um, so the, the Red Hood that is... I learned. Yeah, and the Red Hood is pretty much what's on the box in The Killing Joke. It's a bunch of people just wear the Red Hood every once in a while to be like, fuck you, Batman. Uh <laughs> All right, uh, Casey, thank you so much for joining us uh, and, and thank twice. you for recording it twice yeah, uh, or for, for doing it twice. Um, we would love I'm to have you back. And, sorry, what was that? I said, I'm always up for doing it twice. <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back to being sexual. We had to bring it back at the end. <laughs> and I did it again. There you <laughs> Oops, so, I did it again. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so this has been Graphically Novel. Thank you so much. Join us next time when we do Big Hero 6. I'm kind of excited for this. Our first manga. I, I had issues. We'll discuss it in a <laughs> hugs, week. Hugs, hugs. We'll discuss it in a week. Da -da 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 -da. All right. <laughs> 
until then, you missed the fist bump. Sorry. <laughs> Take it away, Vandello. I see.